Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Uh, good, good morning. Uh, back again. I love this joint. Amanda Rose is one of our guests. Just said it feels like we're in a brothel. We'll leave that for another day. We're, but we are in King's Cross, I guess. Traditionally known for that sort of thing. But it is Christmas time, so uh, I have a sticker, restricted sticker on this yeah, episode. We put an R. Yeah, we put an R, R number up there. Triple X. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> good on you, Amanda Rose. Studio. Yeah. So we have today Amanda Rose. We've got Nick and Shane. Nick and Shane are like, uh, you know, they, they're interchangeable. They're the same. They're the same person. Nick and Shane. Um, for those who aren't able to watch this, which is everybody, I'm the only one can watch it. Um, Nick is on the left and he's got a beard and he's got dark hair. Shane's on the right and he's got a beard. He's got red hair and uh, one's got glasses, one's got a jacket. So, but they are the same bloke. This is going to be quite yeah, interesting. How Shane's we Shane's much better looking though. Yeah, Shane. Well, yeah, sort of very schizophrenic. Shane um, refers to himself in the third person. Yeah. So we got. <laughs> Shane's not happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick, can you put your hand up? Shane, could you put your hand up? Nick and Shane, put your hand up. Down. Thank you. Amanda Rose? Yes. You're pretty bloody cheeky. What's the deal? Cheeky? Yeah, yeah. I'd call it um, confident. Confident. Okay, What's well, the deal? That's the deal. What's How long on? have you got? you you got 15 minutes. I'll tell you when you're <laughs> Well, there's two main things I spend my time on. First is I'm founder of Businesswoman Media, which is the number one uh, website for career and business women in Australia, and it's a global site as well. Wow. Been featured in Time, The Guardian, and places like that. And I recently launched this year uh, Western Sydney Women, which is an advocacy group representing one million women across Western Sydney. We've, within eight months, we've reached two hundred twenty thousand women, got ten thousand members, and had four hundred fifty women at our events. And we essentially, you know, run research papers, events, free workshops, and represent. All the interests of women from the inner west, greater west, northwest, and southwest. Right. So you, you want to talk about the first one? Yep. Businesswoman Media. Yep. Okay. So, so you I guys started... can talk about the the west. You're from the west, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're from the west. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get to that. That's all right. That's true. Yeah. We'll still take your money. Um, so, <laughs> Businesswoman Media essentially started because no one would publish in Australia what I wanted to share with women in business which was instead of fighting men, for example, work with them, how to be strategic, how to think um, strategically in a situation in the office maybe instead of just crying and running out the door, how can we manage this, Um, how to deal with other women that are against you, how to get onto board. So real practical advice. That's who you've got to go up against the most, I reckon, the other women. Oh, absolutely. But the the thing was, no, but a lot of the places said, oh, we can't publish that, we'll upset the women or will upset this or the men won't like to hear it. And I thought, well, screw this, right? I'll start it myself. And then three months went viral, 
got featured globally, and now it's the number one site. So, so and what are the? Well, let's say I go. Let's say I'm not a woman, but let's say I'm a woman. I go on the site. Is it just available for women or anybody? Anyone can go on right, there. So I mean, I there are a lot of men that actually contact you me. You've got to prove your gender when you hit. No, the, no, hit the not at all. No, we're not a feminist a site by by all means. We're a strategic <laughs> site. So it's right. about it's for ambitious women. So if you want to climb the corporate ladder, no matter where you are right now, or you're in a business or a CEO. CEO and you're thinking, I've got a difficult situation or I want to be inspired by someone who says it as it is. So we have a no fluff policy. We don't do that whole motivational article or advice piece where really by the end of it, you think, what the hell did I just read? Wasted three minutes of my time. I'm a busy woman. They're busy women. So by the end of it, it's like, I've learned something I can apply and succeed as a result. Okay. So take me through it. So if somebody wants to go into a male or female, yep. how's it all work? It's just all they advice pieces. No, nope, it's all free. It's so, all free. yeah, it's all advertising based. That's how we make our money. So, your, your financial model or your commercial yep. model is um, you attract advertisers. So Absolutely. Which sort of advertisers are coming on there? So, a lot of professional <clears throat> services, a lot of financial services, larger companies like, for example, Harvard, a lot of education. Um, companies come on because these days, you know, education's a competitive environment. So you've got UNSW, UTS, Harvard, um, the CEO Institute, um, and then you've got the financial services, people trying to access women because women are really climbing the ranks when it comes to wanting to be financially savvy. They've got money now. Where do I invest it? How do I invest it? So a lot of people are targeting them. So that's where we get advertising. So on Channel 9 um, launched or um, have rebadged something and they call it now Nine Honey. Yes. Um, so they've changed... They've got into um, nine.com.au and yep. uh, and they've sort of gone and concentrated just on a, w- a women's area or yes. a women's lifestyle area. Yes. And, it's very lifestyle. So you'll find <clears> a lot of websites and a lot of groups out there, no matter even if they start with a good intention or start with the career corporate business angle, they always end up going lifestyle. Everything's lifestyle, which is huge for women, but we want to stay away from that. So the only lifestyle information we talk about is if you started a lifestyle company, you're kicking ass and we want to know how you did it. So it's very much for the businesswoman. Right. So it's, it's business for women. Yeah, as exactly. As opposed to... Sort of like, like um, uh, Jen George and Jane Lewis in that light-minded yeah. bitches, bitches drinking, drinking wine. wine. Yeah, that's that? kind of skewed now a lot to <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of micro-businesses and a lot yeah, of moms. Yeah. It's kind of a... It's, it's a, it's a community-run group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So therefore, it will go where the community goes. But yeah. that is actually a great example of the good, the bad and the ugly yeah. when it comes to women in business. Yeah. So you could speak up. Like I've, you know, I've had great support in that. Um, and because I love Jane, she's a friend. But mm. then also I've published articles and said, hey, guys, your girls, this is a great article on what to do in this situation in business. And then they'll go, you can't say that. How are you? You're not supporting women by saying that. Well, no, I am. I'm supporting women by saying be strategic in this situation. For example, sexual harassment in the workplace. I always warn against running straight to HR mm. because you run to HR. HR works for the company, not for the person. Now, sure. some companies will be understanding and help manage it, but if you come across as the pest in that organisation, they will make out they're trying to look after you or really they're trying to get rid of you because you made a big fuss over something or mm. you keep being the one that's making this fuss. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying what they went through is correct, but be strategic about it. So, you know, Amanda Rose, can I ask you a question? Yep. The lady who's currently on, been on the front page of the Daily Telegraph the last two days trying to bring down, is it Tim Warner or whoever it is, the guy from Channel 7? Yes. What would you have advised her? I saw that, yeah. Well, that's an interesting. <clears throat> I'd like to. I, I don't know the the facts no, of the no, case. But, I've um, been reading up on it. No, no, but just generally. Um, I, personally, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't go public in the media. Um, the reality is her brand's now tainted. Um, he'll get another job in 12 months quite easily. You know, he's successful. He's already got the position. He's obviously got runs on the board when it comes to profit. Or well, they might not even get rid of him. They might Exactly. Him. It might even Exactly. So the thing is, in business, he might be tick, 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 and that's what will keep him and save him. She was an EA. She was a subordinate. So really for her, her brand is now tarnished. The word will get out in the in the circle. So she's going to have to either, you know, use friends or, or, or get someone to help her get another yeah, job. Yeah. It made it harder for herself. And it's it, like if a Mark it, McGinnis, just David Jones thing as well, yeah. But the thing, look, the reality is it depends on where she wants to be. If she wants to quit the workforce altogether and go off, fine. But, you know, it was a consensual relationship. It obviously went sour. Yeah, exactly. But the money is going to be on the senior person, period, whether it's male or female. And in this case, it's a male in media. He's guaranteed to keep his job. But do you think that, um, do you think that, uh, I mean, the media is probably being unfair in the way they're playing because they're all—it's all hearsay. No one else has come forward. They're just believe They're just writing that she says he had affairs with four other people or something like that. That's media. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, she would have been? She's been advised in this environment. It sounds. I mean, I can't believe that she'd be just doing this on her own. Um, well, I don't know where she's getting her advice from, but, you know, there are situations here we don't know of. Maybe because there were payments made before this came to light that she had to come out. Maybe she had to do a deal with with the um, with the government or with the police saying, look, you know, he's giving you this amount of money to shut up and that's fraud, so if you come forward, you, we won't implicate you. We don't know what's going on. We don't know the reason why she's done this. Um, the two of them had a relationship, something went sour, and it should be kept private in reality because there are affairs happening everywhere in the workplace. I mean, it's happening all the time. So does your magazine, or not your magazine, your online um, advice, is it advice? It is your, advice. So Advice and inspiration. So <clears throat> we talk about the business of men, we talk about tall poppy syndrome, we talk about in, you know, inspirational stories of women of success. Could she, though, go into the site and say, look, dear men, Rose, I've got this problem. Um, what would you advise in a private sense? Yeah, people have. And what I've done is I've referred to articles of advice pieces on what to do. So you don't give them extra advice. You say, go and read that article. Well, I'll say read these articles and then yeah. if they want, like, actual advice and the consulting counsel. and that, then I'll just pass them over to my Amanda Rose business and then become a client. What about AmandaRose.com.au, right? Yes. Okay, so that's what I thought. Yeah, so I'll bring them over to Amanda Rose website, uh, Amanda Rose business and then they become a client. And you charge them a, Absolutely. an hourly rate or something like that? Yes. Okay, so so it's... So you can capture some of these people in the in the, the general uh, website, the general site, and then depending on their needs and or wants, you can move them across into your own sort yes. of professional environment. That's right. Where you give them advice on. Yes. You, you, you counsel them as yep. to how to go about. Pretty much. Just and mentoring it's, them. It's not just necessarily, you know, in her case, which she claims, sexual harassment or whatever she claims. Um, but it could be managing her brand in her case. But it's also know? how do I climb the corporate ladder. That's right. Can we now go to the second venture, your latest venture? Yes, Western Sydney Women. Yeah, Western Sydney Women. Um, I mean, there's a big Western Sydney trend at the moment, uh, driven by, you know, the government around Parramatta and building Parramatta up and also uh, Peter Shergold at the University of Western Sydney or what do they call Western Sydney University these days. Yep. And, uh, you know, of course, there's the Daily Telegraph been running its big program because that's sort of politically driven. And, yes. Uh, but they've got people like Katie Page involved in that um, and uh, and that, that's, a, that's a big push um, it's because it's a very lucrative market um, because there's people in West Sydney with a lot of money and they feel alienated from the rest of the city. Um, um, so it's a bit like West Australians relative to the east coast of Australia. I often wonder to myself in a cynical way, is that people just um, jumping in on the bandwagon or is, do you think there's a real, actual real 
philanthropic, philosophical need out there? Oh, there's a need. So it's two things. There's a lot of money in Western Sydney, yes. But the reason why I originally started Western Sydney Women is because I was at an event in the eastern suburbs um, doing my networking as I do um, for a living. And I was introduced um, by the host of the event as this is Amanda Rose. Um, She's from Parramatta, but don't worry. She's gorgeous. She's smart. She's educated. She's got a few degrees, runs a company, and had to justify why there was a a (laughs) Parramatta. Well, which I mean, part? Which part? The first part or the second part? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah all of it. Front, front-handed comment. Well, the thing, at the time yeah. I was living in Parramatta, right, So, yeah. and, and I thought, you know what, I'm <clears> sick <throat> of this stigma that happens yeah, that yeah. you're a woman and you're from Western Sydney that you won't amount to anything, that really, you know, you don't have all your teeth, um, you know, you're on the dole. <laughs> you um, all these things are just, I was sick of it. There are women yeah. out there, and even if they don't have opportunities, they need them. So Western Sydney is a massive marketplace from people that are suffering domestic violence and haven't had the opportunity for education to earn money, right up to CEOs of massive companies and women that have a lot of pool and a lot of money. So what we've done is represented all their interests. We run surveys to find out what they want. So we run free workshops for the women who can't afford it and we feed them, we give them goodies bags, we teach them, connect them to community services and then we run business women events for the higher end and the money from that funds the free workshops. So it's covering off all of it. I mean, I come from the west west of Sydney. I grew up there, left when I was 18. But do you think that... um, it's it's real. I mean, do, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's real that uh, Western Sydney women are necessarily thought of as having no teeth and uh, no, being they are, they, for absolutely? Violence? So when you speak to them, you'll find a lot of people. They think that. No, a lot of women won't admit they're from Western Sydney. I'll go into a meeting. No one will admit where they're from till I say I'm from Western Sydney. Women. Oh, I'm from Bankstown. Oh, I grew up in Campbelltown. Oh, I'm from Liverpool. I agree with that. I've, yeah, and a lot of them are sort of sheep. Yeah, that's right. Know, because they think that you're going to look down on them. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the way it works. It's the you know, and we want to change that perception. Not necessarily from the rest of the world, really couldn't care what the rest of <clears throat> Sydney thinks, but from the women themselves, regardless of what people say about you, you are confident. If there is education available, we'll connect you to it. Or if you're a CEO, you are successful, build up. So we want economically independent, confident women. Because I reckon 20 years ago that was the case, but I think Parramatta is becoming such a big part of part of the total cultural mix in Sydney. I mean, Parramatta is going to outstrip the rest of Sydney. You know, the amount of money that's going into Parramatta is ridiculous. But just because there's a lot of money going to infrastructure in Parramatta doesn't mean that the social... Let me finish. Parramatta has got a lot of money going into it and the government is putting a big push into it because the government wants to make sure they get the votes from there because they know that's where the people are, the numbers are. And also the newspapers now pushing down into Parramatta because they know that people around here don't read the Daily Telegraph, that's around King's Cross. Um, And they're pushing the newspaper and even the content is going out to Parramatta. And I actually think what's going to happen is... The west of Sydney is not going to be like it was 20, 30 years ago when women did walk around with no teeth um, or missing a tooth and probably from the husband coming out from the pub knocking them in the mouth. But I think there will be that element. But I actually think Parramatta... There's a chicks around King's Cross as well that walk around with no teeth. Correct. So I, I actually no, I think I actually think my view on it, uh, Amanda Rose, is that I think that... It's maybe, and it's maybe because people like you were helping this happen and Peter Shergold, et cetera, and the, you know, the university out there has made a big difference to the place. But I actually think that... Western Sydney's starting to merge into Sydney as a as an equal place. I think that. Now, maybe not for women, but just generally speaking. Once upon a time, it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed to say I come from a grown punch bowl. Um, relative to the people that I was dealing with who were Ramwick or Waverley or Wallara or something like that in terms mm. of business. But today, it's nearly a badge of honour. And today, it's uh, not It's not as... I don't. Th- I don't think... I don't think... Today, maybe I'm a lot older than you, but I am a lot older than you. But um, maybe today it's uh, 
nearly equivalent. It's not much. There's a little bit of a difference, I think. I'm not talking about women, men now. No, just in general, look, you know, there's a lot of business moving out to the West and all areas of the West and all each area is different. So there's Parramatta, yes, but that's not the be-all and end-all of Western Sydney. You've got the Southwest, you've got the airport. Yep. So Southwest Sydney is taking off and that's actually growing faster and there's more developments happening there than there is in Parramatta, but just not getting the attention right now yeah. because the government's not pumping into it. So it is, it is politically driven because people are voted in and out in Western Sydney, and every single election you can see that. We're just jumping on that bandwagon, essentially, and say, right, while you're wanting the votes, we'll take your money and we'll, you know, lift up the standards and the opportunities in Western Sydney. But, yes. But do you think it's getting better, though? It is, because NAB's just moved to Parramatta. Yeah. People are moving yeah. out there. But Harvey need... Norman's out there, Westfield's, everyone's out there. That's right. And there's actually been, some places have been out there for decades, mm. but everyone's kind of just not, well, they haven't shown a light on it, essentially. You know, when I was a kid, for my mum, to do go the shopping before Bankstown Square was built. That's how far back I go. Um, um, my mum to do the shopping would have to bring us into Bonner Junction to David Jones or to the city. Oh. Usually it was Bonner Junction. That's, so where oh, once wow. a year we came in to get our clothes, our like our good set, one, you know, one good set of clothes to wear. Greek family, we would have to go to Greek weddings and Greek Easter's, and so we had one good outfit, right? And mum brought us in Bonner Junction to do it. Um, over the time, things like Roselands was built and Bankstown Square was built. They were the two big ones, um, but now. Everything that's available in these suburbs is available in the West Suburbs. In fact, probably there are more West Suburbs hubs. Yes. West, Southwest, Far West, wherever Even you want Even Penrith. Penrith Westfield is one of the largest. They've got ridiculous out there. size joints and they've got everything out there. And you've got a lot of um, Asian money out there now. And people actually have the money out there. So, of course, the big expensive stores will say, well, we might as well get out there because that's where the people with the money are. They're going to buy it out there. It's, it's tricky because you've literally got polar opposites in the, in the one area. That's Western Sydney. Western Sydney is so eclectic. You know, you've got all cultures, but you've got all levels of money. So you've got to cater to all of it. So you've yeah. got to have the social services down here to help these women. And then you've got to have the high end opportunities, CEO positions at this level. Yeah, yeah. These women. It's sort of an interesting demographic study. It is. It's not um, one or the other. No. So it's the, uh, West Sydney is probably a better representation of Sydney. It is. Than. Sydney. This side. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> this side because... The Opera House. Yeah, correct. The Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's they're just little things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting you've gone and found... They're not even relevant anymore, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's East I'm joking. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, but I think East Suburbs is not even relevant. Well, the new Parramatta Stadium will be big. You know, when yeah, that's huge. built, that's going to be huge. An entertainment precinct. Well, know? look at Homebush now. It's not even sort of West Sydney. It's sort of inner city. Well, I don't know what it is, inner west. But, like, Homebush is, like, ridiculous. Yep, that's right. Southwest. Remember, Homebush used to be seen as way, way out there. So did Castle Hill. Yeah, Norway used to be seen as way, Well, Punchbowl used to be way out there, too. And oh, now Punchbowl Southwest is not even far. So give me the two names again, Amanda Rose. The names of your two businesses. The business. Woman Media. The Business Woman Media. And is that .com.au? Uh, .com. .com. So and the other one? Uh, Western Sydney Women. Western, Western Do- Sydney w- Women. Women.com.au. Great, Amanda Rose. Thanks very much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Guys. <coughs> oh, is it one or two of you? <laughs> Hi, Mark. There's <laughs> one of you. There's two. Can join. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm confused. One or two? Two. You sure? Positive. Nick. Yes. It's the same voice. No, so is, what yeah. we have is two guys here, the ventriloquists. No, we have one guy, he's a ventriloquist of two guys. Yeah, we're speaking stereo. Yeah, so and uh, he can actually speak in a different sounding accent too. Yeah, um, half of Shane is English and half of Nick is Australian. That's mad. Okay. So uh, why don't you just swap between the two voices? So one of, you, one of your voices start and tell me what is your business? Um, so we're here today talking about Kapuddle, which is a carpooling app. 
Say it again. A carpooling. No, no, what's the name of the... It's app? called Capuddle. Speak it. Uh, spell it, I should say. K-A-P-U-D-D-L-E. Capuddle. Spell it as it sounds. Yeah, yeah, with a K. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds like carpool. Okay, it does. <laughs> and what is it? It's an app that... No, ha- it's an app, sorry. Yeah, Carpooling. But, yeah, but no, tell me about it, though. <laughs> um, so, um, so we're from Perth, yeah. and um, we're businessmen, and um, we drive to work, and it's very congested. It, uh, Perth's tell me about one, it. Perth's one of the... Uh, the most congested traffic cities in Australia. Uh, and um, we thought there must be a better way than this. It's a problem for everybody. In fact, it's a massive cost to business and the social cost of uh, I congestion. To, I was just about to say that. You sound like a, a socially conscious business. It is It is socially conscious, but we're, <clears throat> yeah, we're, yeah. we're not We're not tree huggers. We're business people. So tree we, huggers. Yeah. So we, we've, Amanda Rose we've, laughed it off. We co- we've come at this from a... Yeah, welcome to the Amanda Rose show. Um, that could um, be her next website. Though. Yeah, it could be. It could be. <laughs> Amanda Rose but, helps. But talking about Western Sydney... X-rated. Is, uh, talking about Western Sydney and the growth of Western Sydney reminds us of... Our research showed that Perth's only the third most congested city. You don't Perth in England. I mean, you've got an English no, no, accent, no. have you? Yeah, I have got an English accent. Yeah, have you always lived here? No, I've only been here for three years. Can you change over to your other accent, that? <laughs> he can, and it switches. It's amazing, now. eh? This is amazing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you, sh- this, you should see the way he does this. This is crazy. We also eat croc. <laughs> you eat croc? Capuddle. <laughs> yeah. You know, have you experienced that? that? The congestion? Shane? I have. I mean, there's, there's about half a million people every day drive to Perth with one person in the car. You know, I've got two young kids, and it's ridiculous spending an hour and a half sitting in traffic on a road by yourself. It's absolutely crazy. Okay, so Nick, how does Capuddle solve that problem? See, what have you gone and got? Identified a problem? Yeah, we've identified the problem. Which is what everybody come... in this show always does. They identify yeah. a problem, whether it's a social problem, and actually what Amanda Rose identified as a problem with an opportunity. So it's, it's a social problem and a business problem. Right. Um, uh, Melbourne and Sydney are obviously even more congested. Yep. Um, and the more research we did, the more we realised that it's a congestion globally. Uh, congestion is a problem globally. And um, the way that governments are trying to solve congestion is through increasing spending on infrastructure. So trying to drive people into public transport, trying to make the roads wider and bigger and faster. Um, but actually, as Shane mentioned, the, the real problem is that 90% of people are in a car by themselves. And they're going from the same place to the same place every day. Uh, and having done the research in Perth, we realised that if we built an app that matched people who were living in the same community, who worked in the same vicinity, and the, then people may not choose to take their car into work. They may choose to share their ride uh, into Yeah, because you could be living in an apartment block and you wouldn't, might not realise it. But, the, you know, like for example, Nick lives in around here, Rushcutters Bay, he goes, let's say, going to the office in the city, it's probably a huge um, probability that someone either next door to him or in his floor... I've got his a building. bloody highway on the next to my house. Yeah, but, and that's right. And yeah, you, but, yeah, a lot of people I know I'm Well, sure the, fact that a, the fact that a bus will stop out the front of your place or near your place yeah. and goes in the city suggests, and it's full, suggests that of course there are people, people in your like building it. who go to the same place. Mm-hmm. So this is the same uh, Yeah, it is. It, it is, and um, the... the, the the, the challenges for governments is with it, uh, an infrastructure is and pub- public transport is the closer you are to the city, the more dense the public transport opportunities are, but the further out of the donut you, you get, the less they are. So it, right. public transport isn't convenient for everybody. Yep. So we're not competing with public transport. In fact, we've set the business model up to 
uh, complement public transport. So we're really aiming for people where it, it's two buses and a train to get to work. Um, Someone I say lives at Campbelltown, for argument's sake. Yeah, 10, 10 to 20 kilometres is the sweet spot. Right. Because beyond 20, 25 kilometres, then public transport is probably the cheaper option and people will drive to a car park and then get the train in or whatever. So how's it work? Like, I, I, let's say I'm 20 k's away out of the city, out of the city, I work in the city, uh, do what you, do I do? Uh, are you a driver or do you want to let somebody else drive? I want someone else to drive. Right, OK. So you're a passenger, you go onto the app, you register, you say, I'm going from um, uh, my home Cronulla. to... Cronulla, well, you put your street address in, right. your home address yep. in, and you say, I'm going to this block um, in, the city. King, in the city. And the app then matches it to drivers who are doing virtually the same route. Right. And the driver gets a notification. Um, he goes, yeah, he looks like a nice guy. I'll accept that schedule. And he'll pick you up at 7, whatever time it is that you said, because it matches both the location and the time and the day. So five days a week or three days a week or once a month, you get a lift and the guy picks you up. And how do I pay? You pay through the app. Right. Um, minimum $3.50 flagfall in Australia currently. Obviously, um, at launch, because it's built on Google API, we can actually go global. Right. So it could be in India or China or the United States, but at the moment it's going to be Australia from a, from a business Nick, model point of view. Nick, can I ask um, a question um, mainly around the similarities between this and Uber Pool? Lyft. I was just in the States in San Fran and, like, you know, a line ride with Lyft or an Uber Pool. I mean, I know I, I sort of see, I can start to see a little bit of a distinction where it's sort of more regular, um, but I mean, it's not, but, but, you know, Uber Paul and Lyft, I mean, you can just, I mean, anyone, anywhere, and it's sort of, yeah, it's more casual. You're not really mm, defining yeah. a carpool week to week, but there are people on your route. That, yeah. I think that's the, the, the really important difference is yeah. that Uber and Lyft and chauffeur, et cetera, are taxis, for want of a better word. Yeah, so, you, so a scheduled trip into the city isn't going to cost you $3.50 every sure. day. Sure, oh, okay, so it's, it's, there's no... Okay, so you're still paying for it, right? Yeah, but... but what is it paying for the running costs of the car or something like yeah, that? Or so it's contributing to the running yeah, costs right, of the driver, okay. yeah. So, I mean, I think the difference there is that we can schedule a trip, for example, for, you know, three months, Monday to Friday, mm -hmm. every day of the week, and that will then occur versus the gotcha. Uber pools of the world where it's an on-demand, yes. you know, I want to go now and I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, the payment mechanism just runs with, like, a digital wallet. So it's less... less, uh, less um uh, car share, ride sharing as a service, more um, you know, cost sharing, sharing or cost sharing. sharing yeah, cost exactly. Yeah. So yeah. In Perth, it'll be about a thirty-seven percent cost yeah. recovery for the driver yeah. to pick up one person. Yeah. So then, obviously, you, know, you skew it up to two people. Do you skew it? To, I mean, like, because I mean, let's. I'm, it shouldn't just be an equal split, right? With I mean, the guy who, who who's driving the car. Who's paying all the bills and stuff like that? He shouldn't just be getting his cost paid. He should be getting paid for for, run, for driving no, so the, the car as well, right? Purely like, a cost recovery exercise. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so essentially, what happens is, they, is it? So the flag fall, but well, three dollars fifty minimum. Yeah, about twenty cents a kilometre. Okay, twenty. So cents kind of whichever goes in. So, so essentially, the passenger automatically tops up their wallet, so they've got a digital wallet. At the point of every trip, we will then transfer the fare across to the driver, less the clip. And then the driver, it's really intended around the sharing costs. Yeah. So it's not a proper sharing exercise. And how many can get share in one vehicle? Oh, so the passenger, well, the driver can nominate how many available seats they right. would like. So if you've got a Trago, you can take seven. You know, you might want to only take and one. What's your and best choice? What's, you what's your best sort of take up? Like, is are the Tragos where the final five people in? Have you had that experience yet? No, we're, we're still pre-launch. Yeah. So we're, we're launching uh, hopefully. Uh, uh, so our research is saying that um, that uh, females are more likely to um, accept the social change of carpooling. They're more sociable, um, kind of higher emotional intelligence. Um, and guys are more, a little bit more so 
kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, private and they want their own space. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. So, so <laughs> our target audience are sort of um, 20 to 30-year-old females who work in uh, executive positions in the city. Right. And, they're, and they're, they live in the same community, they're more social, they're more community-driven, and they don't mind the kind of chat and the listening and can, can i so, so i just want to dig into the costs here so does that include the lease <coughs> of the car as well like i mean because yeah no, no, you so you've got like just the, the running just the running cost. the running cost so what about, like you know so if i'm if i'm the guy driving i mean like if i'm the guy let's just say i'm i'm at the start of the of the route right so yeah. like would i be the, the the driver week to week if if that was your choice, yep. so yeah, if right, you wanted okay. to be the driver, yeah, yeah. So you but could read through. Shouldn't both. I also be getting my like cost recovery? Because what I'm saying, well. that's what was my question. Yeah, I yeah. want to be the passenger. And you know what? As well, I mean, like, because then it then you. I think there's a threshold for a lot of people where you go, oh, what, like, you know, what's what's petrol week to week? Twenty bucks, thirty bucks. You go, oh fuck it, whatever. You know, like, um. But if you had in the lease in there, the lease is the big part of the car. That's that's the really expensive part. Of the well, car. You're if you start to share what, that, but Nick, what you're talking about is pricing. So no, I, no, I, I am, but I'm, I'm I'm just trying to like you so know if you, if you pick up two because you'll get you'll get a lot more people. The people that you know if you if you make it really worse, a lot more drivers, wild, a lot yeah. more drivers. Yeah, but yeah. then you don't get the passengers. I mean, I think the reality is yeah, that, the passenger, that's, that's true. Yeah. The passenger yeah. and the driver both have a car. They both have the lease. That's true. Yeah, the thing yeah. that okay. changes is the running. Yeah. So we can have one passenger leave their car at home. And yeah, then yeah, have you know, so you lose okay, two loads. So where, where are you getting your most demand from, drivers or passengers? Uh, well, we need drivers, so the so the marketing um, the marketing impetus will be to recruit drivers, right? Because without drivers, then passengers are going to be disappointed. Because a bit like real estate agents. I mean, you've got buyers and sellers, but real estate agents are always chasing the sellers. Yeah, it's a two sided market. Because yeah, yeah. the buyers are all sort of yeah. always there. Yeah. I'm trying to work yeah. out where the always there. What's the always we, there bit? Do you think we have to make it as attractive as possible for the driver? So we're cognizant of okay. Mix, so the, so the, the always the always there people person is the driver. Yeah. So the cost recoverer. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're, and therefore you ha- and, and that goes back to Nick's point. You have to make it as attractive as possible for the cost recoverer, yep. the driver, um, um, but without making so attractive to him that the uh, the the passenger say, doesn't want to do it. It's too much, too expensive. Yeah, and, yeah. and similar to the the app works in that it doesn't take people too far out of their um, comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. So it only take them you know a little bit out of their way on the journey. Um, so, so we're not expecting it, people like street street by street, it, or a kilometre or a radius. Well, yeah, we do it by a, a kilometre radius. Radius. Um, and uh, so it doesn't mean that halfway down your 20-kilometre journey, you shoot off five kilometres to pick yeah, something yeah, up. Yeah. It's none of that. And who it's writes the algorithm for you? Like, who's doing Our CTO. Who's yeah, the your developer. CTO does all that sort of stuff. And you guys, your background is this stuff? No, not at all. No, so no. I'm an accountant. I'm a numbers guy. Yeah. So I'm the corporate guy. I run a corporate I run an advertising agency. <laughs> Yeah, you, you look like you could too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I look yeah. like it's yeah. funny. Like the, the two of them together, like it's yeah. the one actually. I, I've got to go back to this. This is one <laughs> guy we're talking to, but he's got so two voices. Think... And he one one's hand his account, the other time is an yeah. advertising agency. Yeah, so I'm the right, I'm, I'm the right confused. brain. I'm the creative brain, yeah. and he's the left brain. He's the numbers brain. Yeah, that works. Necessary which, skills, which means you have got one brain. And there are three other. And, and there, is, there are three other partners as well. The CTO, the chair, who's the guy who's driving the project. Money guy. See the money guy putting uh, the money. Uh, <laughs> we'd like to think so one day. <laughs> uh, and then there's a commercial side because it's not just for um, the issue. The, the opportunity to sell this isn't just through direct sell to consumers. We can sell this to commercials as well because there are a lot of businesses in CBDs that have very little parking, who have lots of people who work there. Um, and like Nick said in the Bay Area, um, there are carpooling through businesses. So big businesses will. 
um, promote carpooling as a way of not having to have the problems they have with car parking issues. So hospitals, particularly, and in Perth, the airport, and people like Woodside and Rio, they've got lots of thousands and thousands of people in one building who are coming from all over. Well, they all live, you know, there's going to be two or three people who live close by. Um, you know, I, I, you, I was recently in, um, well, not recently, three months ago in Singapore, uh, having a meeting with the minister's department over there of transport. And one of the things that Singapore government is um, trying to do is actually preserve, um, well, rather uh, conserve um, use of energy, petrol, I'm talking about. Yep. And, um, and also it's uh, the concomitant uh, pollution that comes about as a result yep. of burning it. Um, and the Singaporean government is very tech tech savvy and yep. Singapore's only like seven miles long and four miles wide or something but four million people live there or four and a half million people live there so it's very dense and condensed yeah we've seen the news on carpooling and it is being promoted they, they heavily in Singapore yeah, it's a big it deal over there yeah. and Singaporeans are very compliant too um, as a nation so that if the government says this is something we want you to do that will do it so, that so, so the, one of the outcomes is that um, and this is why I say we're not tree huggers but actually the, the consequence is that it's a much more susta- environmentally sustainable way of travelling so for every previous commuter who used to drive into town that then commutes in a car driven by somebody else that's the equivalent of planting 20 trees i was going to say could you get some carbon uh, credits yeah. out of this absolutely as a driver and 20 trees per person <clears throat> so you know we uh, we've having crunched the numbers in perth and across australia we reckon our aim is to say to plant tr- the equivalent of a million trees Right. If we can by by taking only five percent of the the in, uh, the existing commuters off the road, we, we we're doing the equivalent of planting a million trees. So that's can you get fifty percent of the ones in the city, the, like this side of the city? Yeah, because it's driving me crazy. It's taking me. <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys done any study on um, congestion more recently? Because it seems to me, I don't know if it's just my imagination, but in the last twelve months. The congestion, the, the traffic is increased by 20%. It just yeah. seems to me. Peak hour, peak hour in Melbourne's 3.2 hours, morning and night. Right. Yeah. So six hours a day is technically peak hour. And it takes you 30 35% longer at, at the peak hours in Sydney and Melbourne than it does at normal times. Because, I mean, I just now, if I, I mean, often I have to fly somewhere early on a Monday morning. If, I, if my flight's at 6 in the morning or 7 in the morning from Sydney Airport... That seems to be, it's mental, like, but it takes you, it takes me 20 minutes to get out towards the airport, but at the domestic turnoff, yeah. it takes me 30 minutes and from there to get yeah. just and into the... Do you notice that during the school holidays, it's easier? Yeah, yeah. So that's because there are less cars on the road. So that's the effect that we're trying to... Um, I'd be happy with that. Fact, if you can give me the, ha- the school holiday that's, effect that, every that's, day, that's, yeah, I'd be very That's happy. exactly what we're trying to do. And Does that mean I have to take some people in my car, though? No. Okay. No, there are other people sharing. Instead of being, you're well, in someone else's car already. Aren't you? So the, yeah, well, I, I would prefer to be in someone else's car. To be honest, what we're hoping yeah. is we'll we'll follow the states. In the you world. can't though. You're at the end. of Like you're at Watson's Bay, mate. You can't. Well, start. <laughs> Who's going to come back <laughs> to get you? Or someone lives in Watson's Bay. Oh, some, yeah, well, okay. So, so we're working with the state government. Stephen Lowy, he lives around the corner. Oh, yeah, he'll pick you up. Do you think he might give me, because he's probably, cons- Stephen Lowy's probably concerned about his car's expenses. Um, Doesn't he have, like, a helicopter that takes him to work or something? Yeah. <laughs> so Stephen might be happy for me to pay him about uh, 35 cents, whatever it was, to get me. 20 cents a kilometre. 20 cents a kilometre. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm happy to pay him 30 cents a kilometre. Yeah, so what we're hoping is the state, uh, we're working problem. with the state government in WA at the moment <laughs> to try and work out a way of actually changing bus lanes to high-occupancy vehicle lanes like there are in the state. So not only will we reduce congestion, but people who are using multiple occupancy cars can use special lanes to swift them well, to that's their a good destination. Idea. So that's, they, you're right. Like it's like in up in Queensland, the Gold Coast. There's these special lanes that the high cars can take. And they just zoom into the airport. Yeah. 
if you, otherwise, if you're going like driving yourself, it's a pain and, in the neck. And there are already um, a few um, carpooling, car parking spaces in in cities around Australia. Where so can you can you park your car in these? Uh, uh, you know these shared car things. Uh, you know these. Uh, you know how you walk, drive around. There's shared car spaces. Shared like car go spaces. Catch, not go yeah. catch. Go get. Yes, yeah, so they, yeah. they have they have carpooling spaces. You turn up in a car with two people, and you get a discount on your car parking because you brought two. So people you need to, the, the whole the ecosystem needs to change a little bit too. Yeah, it does. So you, you're you're at the. This is totally disruptive if you can do this. But you got to be you got to be mountain in front of you. Got to change the the the. Um, the ecosystem's got to change. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing's got to change. Yeah, but that, but anyway, that's great. You if you can do it... We only need one of one or 2% of people and it's, yeah, a, big, yeah. and it's a big business. No, I, th- I think uh, absolutely. And I think it's a great idea and I think it ha- it's not only socially minded, it's potentially big business off the back of being socially minded. Exactly. But it's the sort of thing I would like to see this. I mean, it'd be great. I'm not just talking about because I want to have less traffic you, you, myself. You can be but, part of it, Mark, if you, if you really uh, want Well, no, it's not my area of expertise, but <laughs> <laughs> are you doing a, fa- a round, are you? <laughs> we are. We're preparing. But I mean, I just think it's a great idea. I mean, countries, like really responsible countries like Singapore, like they're extraordinarily uh, responsible in terms of this sort of stuff. They adopt these things and they make it happen. Well, th- they would walk in and say, okay, from now on, absolutely. every car park, you allocate 100 car space, you've got to give them a discount, you've got to have absolutely. a lane from now on. Yeah. They'll do it yeah, overnight. They will, yeah. Mm. Um, Here's a bit harder. It is. Um, uh, mm. That research in Australia continued around the world and we, we found that actually 20 of the world's top 50 congested cities are actually in China. So on our doorstep... In Australia's doorstep are the, some of the most congested cities in the world in the Philippines in Vietnam in in Singapore and Malaysia um, so we know that this is a global issue and, and we've so we've developed a global solution but it'd be good to go to a place where there's a government with lots of will I don't if know you, if we if, have that here I mean because it's ability sort of, to change well, in, in Sing- the will to change and the ability to, to ex- execute. Sing- Singapore's as close to Perth as Sydney is. So yeah. we've, we've, oh, we've, you're actually from Perth. You yeah. live in Perth. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you sort of no, brought your idea from, from Perth to Sydney. No, we've flown in from Perth today. Well, oh, cool. yesterday right. to talk to you about Capodal. Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah. And, and so uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. That is yeah, awesome. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's a car puddle. Capodal. K a p u d d l e dot com. Because you got. Where's your accent from? Which part of England? I'm from Yorkshire. Yorkshire. So it's car puddle. That's it. We would say car puddle. It's capuddle. (laughs) Capuddle. Yeah, we would say car puddle. But could you? Can I listen to your uh, uh, right hand side? Your left hand side. Capuddle. Capuddle. That's it. Capuddle. And if we're from Yorkshire, it's capuddle. It is, yeah. That's right. In, in fact, three, three, of very the, confused. three of the founders are from the north of England as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's cool. And I think it's a great idea. Um, uh, Nick and Shane from Carpuddle or Carpoodle. Um, Carpoodle. Same, same, same name. You keep saying it. I don't care how you pronounce it. Yeah, exactly. It's a dog, dog sitting service. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but, they drive your car around for an I hour. I want yeah. you to explain to me. <laughs> drive your pets. I yeah. want you to explain because you're an advertising guy. I want you to explain to me how you came up with the name. Uh, that's a really good question, Shen. <laughs> you go to the numbers guy? <laughs> the numbers guy yeah, came so up with the name. I believe it was a pool turned to a puddle yeah. and throw a car in front of it. Yeah. So, so it's a puddle. A pool, puddle, car, 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 pool, car, puddle. Right. It was as simple as that. It was really, we wanted it to be phonetically similar to carpool, yeah, so yeah. it was easy. I mean, there are, there are other carpooling apps like Uberpool, but they're really ride-sharing, not carpooling, and we yep. wanted to make sure that people understood we were a carpooling app. Guys, this is an excellent idea. Thank and you. And I wish you the best luck. Thank you. And if it works, and I'm sure it will because you look like you have plenty of energy around it, 
you could change the shape of way people go to work in the future. Let's hope so. Yep. Cool. Thank Thanks, guys. All the best. Merry Cheers. Christmas, everyone. Cheers. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Boris. And find out more at markboris.com.au. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast. So you turn all those retro notes into Jira tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.